What is hope? You know, it's a word that's often misused and mistaken for wishful thinking or daydreaming or desiring or even just optimism. Now, those attitudes are certainly better than pessimism and despair, but they don't have the power to change your situation like hope does. In this broadcast, you'll learn how real hope is much deeper and far stronger than positive thinking. Hope isn't optimism. Optimism can be a denial of reality, but hope never denies the facts. Optimism is positive thinking. Hope is passionate trust. Optimism focuses on what you think you can do. Hope trusts in what God can do. In other words, optimism is psychological. Hope is theological. Optimism says it's not so bad, while hope admits, yeah, it's bad. In fact, it's really bad. But I still believe and trust in God. You see, hope is H-O-P-E, holding on, praying expectantly. This is Daily Hope, and I'm Rick Warren. Today on Daily Hope with Rick Warren, we're continuing in our series called Shape to Make a Difference. This is part two of a message called Using Your Abilities. And now, here's Pastor Rick. How many of you in your family, the guy does the bills and budget and budgeting? Can I see your hands? All right. Some of you are just scared to raise your hand. Okay. How many of you uh, in your marriage, the, the wife, the, the woman does the bills and budgeting? Okay. All right. Question. Who should do it? Which one's right? The one who does it better. Duh. Okay. That's not like in the Bible, there's some role that says, here's what the guy's supposed to do. Here's what the girl's supposed to do. No, it, who's ever better? You compensate for each other's weaknesses. That's why I always let Kay drive. She's a much more careful driver than I am. You know, I get distracted. I'm looking over here. Hey, what what about let's change the world? How about turning the corner, honey? You know, the absent-minded professor kind of thing. Now, this also works at work. For maximum effectiveness, you have a business. You You want your company to be effective? You want your company to have hyper growth like Saddleback Church has had over 26 years? Here's the key. Staff by shape. Find out what people's shape is and put them in the position that they're good at. And when you do that, then you don't have to manage them, you don't have to supervise them, you don't have to reward them, you don't have to motivate. Why? Because they're doing what they love to do and they're good at it. And it just moves ahead. And that's what we do in all of our lay ministries. We find people who are good at certain things, say, go with it, go. So God says, I expect you to use your abilities first to serve, to to honor me, and second to serve others. Number three, to make a living. God says, I gave you your abilities in order to make a living. I don't want you mooching off other people. I don't want you to be self-supporting. I don't want you to be a parasite. I don't want you to be depending on other people. If you can work, he says, you should work. Now, some people can't because of Uh, disabilities or problems or circumstances. But he's saying, if you can work, you should. And he says, I want you to use your abilities to make a living. Now you need to realize that in the 21st century, people are going to live a whole lot longer than their parents did, which means in all likelihood, you're going to have probably at least two careers in your lifetime. A lot of times people only had one career because they died when they were in their forties or even in their thirties for centuries. 
But now people are living longer and longer and longer. And all likelihood is you're going to probably have at least two different careers in your lifetime. And so he says, I want you to make a living. Now in verse Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, he says this. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Did you know that producing wealth is an ability? Some of you are really good at this. You have a natural ability. God has gifted you with a great business sense and you just are naturally good at making money. That is your ability. Can you make money to the glory of God? Well, of course you can. You can do anything to the glory of God. You can make money to the glory of God. If you're honoring him, you're great, grateful to him, you're tithing, you're living ethically, you're doing, you're doing it for his glory. God's given some of you amazing ministry or business skills because he wants you to fund kingdom projects at Saddleback and around the world. And that's why he's given you that ability. Number four, I give you abilities to be an example to others. To be an example to others. God says, I want you to be a a witness, a, a testimony, an example to other people. 1 Timothy 4, it says, put these abilities to work. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. Did you know that God wants people to notice your good work? He said, I want people to see how gifted, how, how, what abilities you have. I want them to see your improvement. I want them to see your progress. You're developing the skills, the abilities, the talents that I gave you. He says, that, that makes me look good as your father, as your heavenly father. I want people to notice And he said, I want people to know that my children, people who are in God's family, are the best workers on the planet. They're reliable, they're hardworking, they have integrity, they're dependable, they're skilled. He said, I want you to be an example. Number five, I want you to use your skills, God says, to have money to share. To have money to share with people who can't work or who are poor for one reason or another. Maybe they've had a crisis or a tragedy. Ephesians 4.28, he says this. The Bible says, begin using your hands for honest work and then give generously to others in need. He says, you know what? At some point, you have to decide enough is enough. Now, how much? How do you know when enough's enough? Somebody asked Howard Hughes that. He said, when, is, when do you have enough? He said, how much do you need? He said, just a little bit more. And that's called materialism. Materialism is when you haven't learned to live within your income. You always have to have a little bit more. It's interesting how you're now barely surviving on an income you once dreamed of having. Because your expenses always go up with your income. And God says at some point you gotta say, I got enough, I'm happy. And then you start, you stop working then? No, you keep working, but you're now making it to give it away. And you're making it to share with other people. Share with others. Look at this verse up on the screen. Give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this. He's talking about the way you handle the money you make from your abilities. The money that comes in because of your abilities. The way you handle matters like this triggers God. Your God's blessing in everything you do, all your work and ventures. Now leave that verse up there for a minute. How many of you would like God's blessing in everything you do, in all your work 
and all your ventures. How many of you would like God's blessing on that? Well, of course, we all would. It says there, there's a trigger that triggers God's blessing. And what is it? It is generosity. Generosity triggers God's blessing. Why? Because God is generous. Everything you have in life is a gift of God's generosity. You would have nothing without God's generosity. And so God says, I want you to learn to be like me, like father, like son, like father, like daughter. I want you, to, my children, to have my quality. You're never going to be like Jesus Christ unless you learn generosity and stop learning to be stingy. So God says, I want you to learn to be generous. And so he says, we'll just make a little thing here. When you're generous, it triggers God's blessing in your life. I want to tell you, I have learned from personal experience that the more generous you are, the more God blesses your life. I know this from experience. The more generous you are, the more God blesses your life. That's Pastor Rick Warren with just a portion of today's message called Using Your Abilities. It's from the series Shape to Make a Difference. We'll continue with more in a moment. But first, this broadcast isn't the only place you can get daily hope. Check out rickwarren.org to learn what it means to be saved. Listen to other Daily Hope broadcasts, request prayer, or shop our online store for CDs, Bible studies, MP3s, books, and more. You can also sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional. So visit us online anytime at rickwarren.org. You can also email Rick anytime at rick at rickwarren.org to share your story. More Daily Hope with Rick Warren in just a moment. So what's your shape? Your shape is a combination of your spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. Working with Rick Warren, Pastor Eric Reese put together a six-session DVD and study guide based on Rick's teaching called Shape, Finding and Fulfilling Your Unique Purpose for Life. This empowering teaching gives you the tools you need to unlock and understand your God-given potential. The Shape DVD and study guide are in one kit and is our gift to thank you for your donation to support this broadcast. So please request your kit when you call 800-600-5004. Once again, here's Rick Warren. How many of you would like God's blessing in everything you do, in all your work, and all your ventures? How many of you would like God's blessing on that? Well, of course, we all would. It says there, there's a trigger that triggers God's blessing. And what is it? It is generosity. Generosity triggers God's blessing. Why? Because God is generous. Everything you have in life is a gift of God's generosity. You would have nothing without God's generosity. And so God says, I want you to learn to be like me, like father, like son, like father, like daughter. I want you, to, my children, to have my quality. You're never going to be like Jesus Christ unless you learn generosity and stop learning to be stingy. So God says, I want you to learn to be generous. And so he says, we'll just make a little thing here. When you're generous, it triggers God's blessing in your life. I want to tell you, I have learned from personal experience that the more generous you are, the more God blesses your life. I know this from experience. The more generous you are, the more God blesses your life. And he says, I've given you this money, this ability to honor me, to serve others, to make a living, to be an example, to have money to pass on to others who don't have any money. And then number six on the back of your outline, to build up the church. That's the sixth reason. He gives you ability to build up the church. That's what is the church? It's the family of God. And Ephesians chapter four says this. 
Why is it that God gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? It is that God's people will be equipped to do better work for him. Building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity. Did you know that God expects you to use your abilities to help your church family? I don't know if you're doing that or not, but God expects you, it's one of the six reasons he gave you abilities, to help your church family in some way. Now I know some of you are thinking, Rick, I don't know, I don't know how I could help. The abilities that I use at my work, I don't think are needed or necessary at Saddleback Church. Well, you're wrong. You're, you're wrong. Saddleback Church now has somewhere, I don't know what the latest, between 80 and 90,000 names on our church roll. That means our church is the size of a city. In fact, our church is bigger than the city of Lake Forest. So how many, how many problems, how many problems do you have in a city of 89,000? How many abilities are used to make a city run? Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. How many are needed at Saddleback Church? Thousands and thousands. There is no ability that you have that could not be used in this church. Well, I'm a good negotiator. We need negotiators. I'm a deal closer. We need deal closers. I'm, a, I'm an accountant. We need accountants. I know how to weave baskets. We need a basket. You know, I, I, there is no talent that you've got that could not be used in this church. In fact, God places specifically in each church the talent that he knows that church is going to need. And have you ever thought about why am I here? Out of all of the billions of people that God could have put in Saddleback Church, he put you here. Why? Because you have something to offer that this church family, your church family needs. And nobody else can offer it like you can. And he knows exactly who's here because he knows exactly what he wants to do through this particular church. And I'll tell you, my, my personal frustration as your pastor is, I look at all the talent that is rotting, that's wasted, that I know every week sitting out here in all of our services is enormous amounts of talent and abilities. And I don't know about it. And the other pastors don't know about it. And the other church leaders don't know about it. And unless you come forward and volunteer in some way, we don't ever know. And what happens? You get cheated. The church gets cheated. The world gets cheated. First, you get cheated of rewards that God wants to give you. The church gets cheated of the talent. And the world gets cheated of the way the church can impact the world. How could your abilities make a difference in this place? Now, of these six ways, six things that God gives you your abilities to do, to honor him, to serve others, to make a living, to be an example, to have some money to give to people who don't have any money, and to help your church grow, what if you don't use your abilities these six ways? Well, you lose. The world loses, the church loses, but you lose. You not only lose reward in heaven, you can lose your talent. You see, there's a universal law of life that says if you don't use it, you lose it. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 25. Take the talent from him who didn't use it and give it to the one who has 10 talents. Did you know that God has the right to take back anything that I don't use properly? If I don't use what he's given me in the right way for the right reason, he can take it back. 
Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Now this universal law is this, if I don't use them, my talents, then I lose them. It's true in every area of life. If you don't use your muscle in exercise, you lose your muscle. If you don't lose your talent and practice and keep it up, you lose your talent. If you don't use your mind and keep it going, keep it active, your mind goes dull and you lose mental capacity. If you don't lose it, use it. And guys, women, whoever you are who are employers, if you don't use the talent of the people at work, you lose those people. Because they're not gonna hang out with a place that doesn't use their talent. Now all of us have unused abilities. You do, I do, everybody does. So let's look real quickly at using your abilities. Three things. How do you use your abilities the way God wants you to use them? Well, you estimate, you dedicate, and you cultivate. First, you estimate them. Estimate them. Romans 12, 3, try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities by the light of the faith God has given you. That means do an assessment of your life. What am I good at? We've talked about this every week. Do an audit of your abilities. Make a list. If there's one thing I could say to young people today, if you want to prepare for the future, here's, here it is. Know your strengths. You know your weaknesses. You need to know your strengths. If you're going to be effective in the 21st century, you've got to know your strengths. Use them. Estimate your capabilities by the light of faith God has given you. And by the way, parents, you need to, this is one of the key goals of parenting. Help your kids understand their shape, what they're good at. See, there's a myth that you're aware of all your abilities. You're not. You are only aware of some of your abilities. You have far more abilities than you think you have. You don't even know them. Many talents. If you're a good manager, the trait of a good manager is the ability to recognize ability. That's what makes a good manager. The ability to recognize ability. And if you're a parent, look for the abilities in your kids and point it out. You know what you're good at? Number two, dedicate. Dedicate them back to God. Commit them to God for the use he intended. Romans 12.1 says, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. You say, God, you gave me these abilities. Now I'm going to give them back to you. And I want to use them for the six reasons you gave them to me. 2 Timothy 2.21, if you stay away from sin, Christ himself can use you for his highest purposes. See, God-given abilities can be used for the wrong purpose. A God-given ability can be used for the wrong reason. You could be a brilliant organizer and you could either organize a rescue or organize a robbery. You know all these brilliant, brilliant uh, criminals? They're using God-given abilities. God gave them that ability to think through things and how to solve things. They're just using them for selfish purposes. And so sharpening your skill is an important thing. Don't use them for selfish reasons, but unselfish reasons. You want a good example of this? There's a guy in the Bible called Samson, the guy with long hair, probably the most talented guy in the Bible. Wasted his life, wasted his abilities, blew it, really because of sex. The third thing is cultivate them. Cultivate your abilities. That means practice, improve, sharpen, develop, cultivate. Any ability God's given you can be increased with use and practice. 
And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10.10, if the axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed. But skill will bring what? Success. You want to be successful? It takes skill. How do you get skill? Practice. He says you need to sharpen your axe. You got a dull axe, takes more energy. He says work smarter, not harder. Sharpen your axe and then you can, you can be more successful in life. Sharpening your abilities, your aptitudes, your skills is a spiritual responsibility. Now let me just cut to the bottom line on this. God has made an enormous investment in you. First, he created you. Second, he shaped you and he put spiritual gifts and ability and personality, all these things, he put it in you. Then he sent Jesus to die for you. God has made an incredible investment in your life. And he expects a return on his investment. He expects a return on his investment. And he's going to ask you one day, what did you do with what you were given? Did you use your abilities to honor me, to serve others, to make a living, to be an example? Did you use them to help other people? Did you use them to help the church? Did you use it to make some money, to give away? What did you do with what you were given? God expects a return on his investment. One day, Jesus is going to call you home. Either you're going to die or he's going to come back one way or the other first. In Luke 12, Jesus said this. When the master comes back, that's God, and he finds his servant doing his work. In other words, what you were gifted and shaped and able to do. That servant will be blessed. I want you to have that blessing. I went... When that time comes in your life, I don't want God to find you lounging around, wasting your talent. I want him finding you, using your abilities in the six ways that God intended. That's Rick Warren with Daily Hope. In just a moment, Rick will be back with a short preview of tomorrow's message, The Purpose of Your Personality. But first, I want to tell you about the Daily Hope website, rickwarren.org. Log on there today and you can get today's entire message, get message notes, social media links, and sign up for Rick's free Daily Hope devotional. So visit us online anytime at rickwarren.org. Also, don't forget that Rick wants to send you a special gift to thank you for your donation to support this Daily Hope broadcast. And it's the Shape to Make a Difference study kit by Saddleback Pastor Eric Reese, the perfect companion into the series you're hearing this month. We all have a shape, and Shape to Make a Difference gives you the tools you need to unlock your unique shape for doing what God has created you to do. This includes discovering your spiritual gifts, clarifying what you have a heart for, recognizing your abilities, defining your personality type, and understanding how your life experiences can all be used to help others. You're not supposed to be good at everything. You were shaped the way you are for a reason. When you tap into the way God has shaped you and the secrets of your own personal makeup, you'll discover the path to a life of unimagined purpose, impact, and fulfillment. So please request your copy of Shape to Make a Difference when you call with your donation to support this broadcast. 800-600-5004. Daily Hope is a 100% listener-supported broadcast, so your support is really important, and we want to show you how much we appreciate you by sending you the Shape to Make a Difference study kit. Call to request it today. 800-600-5004. And please consider giving just a little more to help keep Daily Hope on your station. 
And now with a quick preview of tomorrow's message, here's Pastor Rick. You tend to be a heart person or a soul person or a mind person or a strength person. And that is your God-given personality. And God wants you to love Him, to worship Him, and to serve Him with your personality. God doesn't want you trying to worship like somebody else. And He doesn't want you to serve Him like somebody else. He wants you to do it with the personality He gave you. That's next time. Be sure to join us again as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and listeners like you.